Hello, and welcome to the Storyteller's Mission with Zena Del Lowe, a podcast for artists and storytellers about changing the world for the better through story. Last week, I addressed two big mistakes that I keep seeing in work that's getting turned into me to critique or evaluate. This week, I want to address two more major mistakes. Mistakes that you yourself may be making, and in fact, you probably are. So given that we covered big mistake one and two last week, we're going to start this week with mistake number three. Not milking every moment for everything it's worth. And what I mean by that is milking it in terms of revealing character or character relationships or the internal emotional state of your character. Every single moment is an opportunity to do one of those three things and you cannot waste it. Every single moment matters. So here's the situation. When you're writing a story, every single moment that your character is on the screen or on the page or in a scene, every single moment that they are making an appearance in this story matters. And you need to use every single one of those moments to milk it for everything it's worth in terms of revealing to us, the audience, who that character really is or what the struggles of their interpersonal relationships are, what their internal emotional state is at that exact moment. Nothing can be wasted. You have to use every single moment that you have at your disposal. Let's say that you have a character that is just getting from point A to point B, and you have decided that it's important to show this just so the audience understands what's happening chronologically in the story. Okay, so you want to show that this character is walking down the street and they're going to enter the library. That is the situation. Well, What you don't want to do is simply show your character walking down the street and entering the library. You don't want to miss the gems of opportunity to show us who that character really is. If you have any scene, any scene whatsoever, where your character is getting from point A to point B, try to find a way to utilize it to reveal something extra to your audience. Show us, for example, what their internal emotional state is. Are they anxious? Are they confident? Are they eager and excited? Are they sad and melancholy? Are they worried? Are they angry? What are they feeling? And you show us that by how they get to the library and what happens. Do they march to the library and march past a homeless person so absorbed in their own world that they don't even see this person? Do they march to the library, but then they see a stray dog and they stop and they give that dog the very last food that they have, even though they have no more money in their pocket? Maybe they don't march to the library at all. Maybe they meander. Maybe they stroll. Maybe they window browse their entire way, which shows us they're not in a hurry, but it also shows us they're maybe avoiding something or they're dreading something. I don't know, but you want to show them doing something. It can't just be, I mean, it can be, you can just have them walk to the library, but if you do that, you're missing an opportunity. You're missing a gem, a gift, 
that you have to expose more to us than at first might meet the eye. So you always want to be looking for those opportunities to milk every moment to reveal character or character relationships or internal emotional state. Okay, here's another example. If you have two characters that are meeting because they're friends to discuss the latest developments of their relationships or something like that, you want to show us character relationship. What happens is people will just stick to the literal dialogue to try to get exposition out and they'll ignore the opportunities to really reveal true character. So what could you do? What could you do? Well, maybe you show them in action in the kitchen where one character grabs a teacup and the other one grabs the tea kettle and they do a dance around the kitchen as each of them grabs different things as they're carrying on a conversation, which shows us then that they've done this a million times. This is a ritual of theirs. It shows familiarity. So you're taking even something so simple and you're magnifying it. You're revealing even more. You're milking every moment for all it's worth. You can do a lot just as a character is walking to reveal character. There are so many things you could do. You could have the character kneel down and pick up a quarter and then look around to see if they can find who dropped it. That reveals something about their character. Maybe you have a character who is so confident and they're going to their meeting and they're all worked up and they're going to deliver a killer message at work. And what do they do? They trip over a crack in the sidewalk and barely catch themselves and then look around to make sure nobody saw them. And then they keep walking. Well, what does that reveal? It shows us that they're faking it. Or maybe it's an omen of bad things to come. I might not always know what it means at this very moment. I might not totally understand it until the next scene, but I still took the time to milk this moment for everything it's worth. Reveal character at every moment. You cannot let a moment be wasted. And I wish I could talk for another 15 minutes just on that point, but I want to get us to big mistake number four which is when you have content, you have setups, you have dialogue, you have stuff that happens in a scene that doesn't end up playing into the narrative as a whole. It ends up being throwaway stuff. It ends up being stuff that only matters in that particular scene when it should come back into play. Because again, every single moment matters. So what do I mean by that? Well, let me give you an example. So recently I had a script critique where the writer opened the screenplay with a scene where a man and wife and the best friend of the husband are fencing. And the husband is saying things like, don't be easy on her. I want her to learn to defend herself. Well, that's great. Okay. You want to open with a scene where the woman is learning to fence. That's fine. You can do that. The problem is This never ever came back up in the story. Now this is a story where she actually does need to learn to defend herself because she's being targeted by bad guys. And yet, guess what? She never fences. And yet we started the story with her fencing at the very beginning. You can't do that. You can't have a character be learning a particular skill and then not have that skill come up again to the character's benefit down the road. 
or to the character's detriment. Let's say that what they're learning to do is smoke pot and that when they smoke pot, this particular character loses all motivation and forgets the time and ends up getting paralyzed and can't move and then they blow through eight hours. Okay, if you set that up, that has to come into play somewhere down the road. We need to see that show up again in the story. Maybe they end up eating pot brownies and they don't know it. And yet that's what causes them then to get paralyzed so that they space out on the presentation they're supposed to give at work. I don't know, but somehow it has to come back into play in the narrative. You can't just have it for that moment. Now, this is also true in terms of dialogue exchanges. The gentleman who asked me to do a script critique had some lovely dialogue exchanges where the husband and the wife were, say, discussing certain films that they enjoyed from a particular period of time. Now, that can be used in the moment to reveal their relationship and the depths of their camaraderie and connection. There can be witty banter between them. We can see how this has been a tradition for them and that's all very well and good. But it's better if even that comes back into play somehow in the narrative. How could that be? Well, the husband in this case ends up dying. So what if one of the movies that they discussed at the beginning ends up coming up onto the TV while the woman is in the hospital? And now she has an opportunity to see that and now it means more that she's seeing it on the screen because it's going to be a reminder of her husband and now it's a physical manifestation of her grief. Now she can actually do something with that. She can see it and for that moment she can look up at the TV and get sad and then she can pick up a remote control and hurl it across the room or whatever she wants to do that reveals to us how she feels. Somehow you can utilize that later to maximize the draw of your story. You always want to bring things back into play once you've set them up. It makes the story so much more interesting and enjoyable to the audience when you do that. Here's another example. This particular gentleman that I'm talking about had this fabulous scene. It's the mob boss's brother storming into a meeting that the mob boss is having and demanding that the mob boss run interference in the conflict that the brother is having with the mob boss's dog. And it's hilarious. This dialogue exchange is really funny about how the brother believes this dog has it out for him. The problem is that's the only time we ever meet the mob boss's brother. It's actually one of two scenes that we see the mob boss in and we never even meet the dog. So I asked the gentleman, tell me what you intended with this scene. What does it mean? How does this scene play into the narrative of the story as a whole? And he said, well, it doesn't, it was just funny. And I said, okay, that's the problem. Yes, it is funny, but it needs to somehow come back into play. Somehow we're going to need to see how this brother and the dog matters in the story overall or else it's kind of a waste of our time. Or 
Maybe it's the mob boss. When he comes back into play, somehow he's got to show up on the scene. And then right when he's about to do some dirty deed, he gets a phone call where the brother ends up showing up with the dog and interrupts the whole thing, throws a scene, gives our main character a moment to get away. I don't know, but somehow it has to play into the narrative. You can't just have a scene that's funny that doesn't matter in the overall story. Now, one of the reasons I think that this is happening is because a lot of people will tell you, well, Quentin Tarantino did it. He had dialogue exchanges between characters that were just there because they were funny that didn't play into the narrative. So a lot of people will use Quentin Tarantino as an example of why this works. And yet I would argue that they're wrong. Yes, it's true that Quentin Tarantino has very long dialogue exchanges that don't seem on the surface to play into the narrative, but I actually think they do in some way. And in any case, even if it's true that Quentin Tarantino is able to pull it off, you're not Quentin Tarantino. When you get to be at his level of success, if you want to throw in a scene like that, great, you do that. Until then, you need to make sure that every single scene that you have, that it actually ultimately plays into the narrative in some way. If you have a character who is playing with a lucky coin in their pocket when we first meet them in Act 1, then somehow that lucky coin needs to come into play in Act 2 or Act 3. That needs to come into play at some point in the narrative down the road. And it usually comes into play towards the end of the story because that's when we're paying off all our setups. You have to remember, whether you intend to or not, Every single thing that happens in the story in Acts 1 and Acts 2 are actually setups. Setups are what you are doing. So if you have a dialogue exchange where a character is saying, oh, my favorite movie is The Wizard of Oz. Oh my gosh, I just love it. Maybe you just meant that dialogue exchange to reveal the time that the character is living in. Maybe it's a period piece and that's what's popular at the time. Nevertheless, what you need to understand is you have just set us up for something that is going to have to come back into play in some way. So the bottom line is you need to milk every single moment and realize that every single moment is a setup and whatever you're setting up ultimately needs to come back into play later on in the narrative. You can't avoid it. It's a must. And if you don't do that, you will frustrate your audience and they won't appreciate it. I wish I had more time to explore a lot more examples of how these two rules or mistakes are being made. However, I simply don't have time in a 15 minute podcast to cover all of that. But I hope that these examples will serve to help you and to give you the ability to go back into your own work and see, is every single moment accounted for? Am I using it? Am I you? Ah, Lulu. Am I using it to the most of its ability? Am I maximizing each moment? Am I paying off my setups? And is every single moment coming back into play in some way? Next week, I'm going to launch into aha moments that have changed my life as both a writer and an artist. 
and I hope you'll come back and join me for those episodes. Until then, you have been listening to The Storyteller's Mission with Zena Del Lowe. May you go forth inspired to change the world for the better through story.